Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of BoagWorld.com, the podcast for all those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. And I'm pleased to announce the exciting return of Marcus Lillington. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. It's good to be back. Did 12. 12, I know. It's amazing. It's like, before you know it, we'll stop counting because we've got too old for our memories to work. Well, we'll just keep, we'll, we'll be repeating content. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, we will we'll yeah. just be saying the same thing again and again. Um, did you have a good holiday? Very nice, thank you. Excellent. Uh, yeah, two weeks lying around in the sun doing very little. Well, you certainly look tanned, which is yes. a good thing. So I'm re- I was ready to come back after two weeks, I have to say. Well, we've had a plethora of emails saying, when's Marcus coming back? Really? Well, loads and loads? Uh, no, two. It's better than one. I well, think. that's a plethora. <laughs> yes. Plethora is more than one, it's is it not? It's plural. Oh, no, plural. Plethora is like lots and lots. Oh, okay. It? All right, then. Well, know. anyway, it's it, it, it's more than one. Two people care about you, Marcus. I'm pleased you're back. Oh. Well, <laughs> you, you've, you've brought lots of cool kit with you. Yeah. Which is good. So, so yeah, basically, if you haven't already gathered, um, uh, myself and Marcus are actually sitting in a room together. So yeah. no more yeah. Skype. Yeah, that is great, yes. But it's just an excuse for Marcus to pull stupid faces at me while we try and do this. Uh, and he's brought um, posh microphones with him and a little mixer desk and everything. I feel like a grown-up podcaster now. Mm. And you're still promising an uh, uh, introduction soundtrack at some point. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that. I'm kind of slightly nervous as to whether I should say next... I will say it. The 13th podcast will have some Ooh. proper... New music. Its own. It, the podcast will have its own musical intro, right? Rather than something Paul stole from somewhere. I don't know where you got it. It was. <laughs> it's podcast friendly. The introduction we use. Yeah. I, I don't know. I came with a bit of software that I used to okay, generate right, the right. podcast. Now we'll have our own one. Okay, that's cool. Right. Feel like a proper grown-up <laughs> podcast. Right. Yeah. Well, you've missed out on loads of stuff while you've been away. Cool things have been happening in your absence. Okay. Uh, Bioworld.com. Um, we have done added a load of new features to it. Well, we as in the royal way, <laughs> yeah. just me, basically. Yes, you have. Uh, so we now have a uh, com discussion group using Flickr. You've heard yep. of Flickr. Yeah, I did look at that. Okay, cool. So basically the idea of that, that Flickr group is... Didn't sign up, but I looked at it. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you don't want to commit yourself. So the idea of that group is that you can go out and if you see a cool website and you think it's really good... Um, I want to share it with the group. You can post it up on the Flickr site and you can make notes about why you think it's good. Equally, if you see an appalling site, you can do the same bit in reverse. Also, if you're designing a site and you want uh, group feedback on that, you can post your design up there and people can comment on it and stuff like that. And there's a discussion area where you can have general discussions about web design. Mm-hmm. So that's been added into the site. I've also um, taken the, you know, at the bottom of the Bioboard homepage, there's sites I found interesting. Well, originally that was being yeah. pulled from dig.com, but um, dig.com have got some server issues at the moment, um, so it was slowing down my site, and also I wasn't getting a lot of control over what I wrote next to you know the things that I thought was cool. So I've changed that all out now, uh, putting my own, my own posts and my own um, comments on what's good on the web, and there's a new section on the site called uh, Noteworthy Sites that contains um, the vast majority of those. Uh, and so we've added some main navigation to the site now because we were reaching the point where we needed a bit more than just you know your, your bog standard um, blogging type navigation. So lots of things have been happening. But the, probably the best thing was that um, uh, last week's podcast, did you listen to it? I did. Well, it was on. <laughs> so you listened to it in the kind of abstract sense of the word. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're going to test me now, aren't you? Yeah, what was it on? Uh, it was on blogging. Yeah. You only know that because we, we've discussed what this podcast is going to be about. That's that's why. And or, you were on it. Or let's be, yeah. let's be entirely frank. We've almost already done this entire podcast once because our sound I've recording... i it from my mind. Yeah, okay. Our sound recording messed up. Yeah, so, um, so last week was about blogging. Uh, blogging. Um, do you know, it's, it, oh, I'm talking complete rubbish. It wasn't last week's show. It was the week before. That, um, anyway, um, so a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a segment in um, our podcast um, where a, a guy from America, a guy called Alan, actually yeah. added some content to the, to the which podcast. Which I thought was quite interesting. Which you thought was quite interesting. It went interesting. on a bit, but it was quite interesting. Okay. But it wasn't directly to do with web design. No. Um, and I've had a bit of a mixed set of responses. Some people have said, really cool to hear somebody else contributing to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Some people have gone, what on earth was that about? It wasn't about web design. Yeah, which is kind of fair. But part of my reason for putting that in was really to encourage um, other people to start contributing. And uh, it's worked very well. That before that we'd had one um, one entry, hadn't we? Mm-hmm. We had one one question, which was from a guy called Ed. Since um, Alan's um, segment two weeks ago, we've had seven additional questions and comments. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool, and it's really good to get some um, other stuff in there. Talking of which, um, one of our regular contributors to the baragworld.com website is a guy called Jonas, mm-hmm. and uh, he has commented on last week's podcast, <laughs> which was the one on blogging. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to play back what Jonas has said, because um, it's really interesting, and I want to respond to it. So here's what Jonas has got to say about blogging. Hello, my name is Jonas, and I'm going to comment on the previous episode, number 11. Blogging is a great way of uh, marketing your products, but I really doubt the effectiveness or the effectiveness in use of blogs. I believe they have effect in the sense that you get higher ranks on search engines because you're using a lot of keywords. But I'm just wondering how many people are aware of what a blog is and if they do, how do they keep track of it? If I look at my friends and family, none of them are using or even reading blogs. Most of them aren't even aware of what a blog is. The thing with them is, they just don't care about all this computer and internet stuff, although they're using a computer connected to the internet on a daily basis, but just for chatting, emailing, and occasionally finding information. So, if you put a blog up, inform people what it is and why you're adding it to your site, it will help them understand the content of it. Okay, thanks for the feedback, Jonas, and your comments and ideas. I have to say that generally I agree with them, that, um, yeah, the majority of people don't have a clue what a blog is, and uh, why should they either? Um, I think the only thing I would say is that just because somebody doesn't know about technology or hasn't heard of the technology doesn't mean that they're not using it. Um, For example, RSS feeds. We know that uh, very, very few people have ever heard of an RSS feed, but something like 25 or 27% of people that use the internet actually read RSS feeds without probably ever realising it because they use My Yahoo or or whatever. So, and I think that's really my point, that I see um, the reason I suggest to some of my clients that they have a blog is not because... Um, you know, blogs are a cool thing to have or the name is something that anybody recognises but rather because 
Um, they provide benefits like increased search engine ranking, um, you appear on uh, blog roles and, and all those kinds of things. Those are still benefits whether you know the word, you know, whether your visitors know the word blogging or not. And I'm also ta not talking about a blog standing alone, separate from the rest of your site, but rather integrated into, um, into your site so it kind of is seamless with everything else you do. But thanks very much for your comments, Jonas. And uh, yeah, keep sending them in. Much appreciated. Yep. Right, let's move on. So Next question. Next question, <laughs> yeah. We've got a stream of them. We're not going to get through all of the questions that I've been sent, but uh, we're going to do, uh, do three today. So the next one is one from Alan, and it is going to um, actually work as the main um, uh, content for this podcast and it, it kind of has sparked the idea for the main subject we're going to cover yes this is the same Alan that uh, uh, <laughs> was in a couple of weeks back and uh, yes he's still American and so if you are of a sensitive disposition mm -hmm. then turn down your volume now what up my UK peeps this is Alan Hauser and got a two part question for you my friends uh, part A is about proposals. Do you find that you are submitting proposals to your smaller clients? I imagine that probably your government and higher education clients probably do want a proposal. But do you find that you're up against um, other web design firms? And how do you position yourself? That's probably different for anyone you ask. But just kind of curious. Part B uh, as far as rates, are you finding that you've set your rates based on what the market will allow? Um, are you kind of doing an hourly and then estimating from there? Um, that's always been a foggy thing. And uh, you hear some people say, you know, ask, ask your developer and then double it. I don't think that's very accurate. So uh, what's your opinion on that? Right. Thanks, Alan. That's, that's really good. So uh, you've raised the issue of rates and you've raised the issue of writing proposals and um, you've called us peeps. <laughs> Not so sure I appreciate being called peeps, but you're American, so I'll let you off. Okay, I think we probably want to broaden it out a little bit from, from those specific questions that you had and we want to look at proposals and briefs and um, rates and all of those kinds of things m mushed up together because I'm very conscious that not not everybody that listens to this podcast is a, a web designer um, some of the people that listen to this are the people that are sending out the invitations to tenders that our proposals are responding to so we'll try and cover kind of the whole gamut of of issues relating to that and really as this is what um, Marcus does for his bread and butter every day and justifies his existence within um, our company I think he ought to he ought to deal with it really okay and you yeah all right well um, I'm not giving away any secrets at all so that's it oh okay that's... speak to you next week guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit late for this Marcus this whole kind of you know you're right no okay right proposals well, yes this is what I spend most of my life doing um, I think I've, 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 well, I had about a minute before I sat down with Paul to do this uh, podcast when I thought well, okay well let's, let's think about a few uh, uh, you make it like sound like we don't plan these things we don't plan these things no I know but you're not supposed to make it oh, sound like oh, we don't oh, plan I these things I keep saying the wrong things every time <laughs> but anyway yes I, I have done a, a little bit of planning and thought about well, what are the main issues that I have with writing a proposal or, or the, the kind of rules if you like the biggest one by miles is answer the brief um, I remember when we used to work um, 
well, Paul and I used to work together in, in a, an earlier existence where there were, um, it wasn't just me and uh, RMD writing proposals, there was a whole team of uh, uh, project managers who were mainly, and um, salespeople who were mainly... Uh, uh, incompetent. Bit, mainly incompetent, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but I ended up checking a lot of other people's work, a lot more than I do now. Um, and what people tend to do is write what they want to write, not what the client wants to understand, if you like. Yeah. Um, so answer, answer what the client is asking you. All of it. Every single point. Not uh, just all the bits that suit you. What I like about um, when you write proposals is that if, if a client has specified a load of points that they want covered, you actually write at the front of the brief you, uh, proposal, you put those points and you give a, a brief answer and then refer to where in the proposal those things are answered. And I think that works really well because it's a no-brainer for clients and they can just look at the proposal and there are the specific things they raised. Yeah, the reason why I do that is that I mean, a lot of people will say, well, I, I did cover that point in you know section 10.3 in the, the middle paragraph. And you think, well, yeah, okay, you did, but they might not find it. So yeah. summarise it at the start and point them at section 10.3 and say, this is where this is covered. Yeah. Um, this particular point that you want to get an answer on we cover it here. It's just, you think a no-brainer, but um, it's really important. Yeah. The next one, um, there's, there's kind of two parts to proposal, two big parts, if you like. One is um, why you should work with us. What, what we've done. What, how, aren't we great? The aren't we great bit, <laughs> which is n- normally comes at the start, and then you've got the what we're going to do for you. Yeah. Which is the second bit. So I'll cover the aren't we great bit first. Um, this is the easiest bit to kind of do the same thing every time you write a proposal oh well the aren't we great bit yep stick it in there now aren't we great is is relevant to a client as well you you normally put things like example design work you know obviously urls to websites you you've worked on normally um descriptive paragraphs about usability accessibility uh that kind of thing now that it could, it could be relevant to one client, but it's not to another one. Particularly, the design examples is the best one. Mm. So you, you know, if you're trying to tender for a band's website, then you're going to try and dig out as much of the cool stuff as you possibly can. So obviously, in our case, <laughs> nothing. We're, we're never going to win a band's you're website. Over, over the fifties, the entire <laughs> yeah. time. But you see where I'm coming from. Even though it's a very easy section of a proposal to to copy, um, don't look at it every time. You don't. I mean, sure, reuse stuff. Yeah, um, but you know, reuse stuff from relevant proposals. Yeah, yeah. And also, the other, the other, the the main point on this is, if you keep reusing the same thing again and again and again, you'll find out that all those you know recent design work that you've just done is actually stuff from two and a half years ago. <laughs> so, and especially you know, you've been raving about the new site that went out two months ago, and it hasn't been in any of your proposals since. So, you know, just keep an eye on that. Yeah, it, it, it is important. Um, just on the subject of, of, of reusing stuff as well, because I mean, I've just said, you know, make it bespoke. But actually, I don't mean that. I mean, kind of manage those modules of content that you've already written. Because if, if, you, if you started from a blank piece of paper with every proposal, then, you know, it'd take you four or five days to write every proposal and you'd be costing the company money. So it's just, it's just a question of knowing what you've got. Now, in my case, that is... As it is with everything, it's all somewhere in my brain. Uh, but somebody who's organised, I guess you could you'd have a, a, a list, you'd have a spreadsheet of with all the proposals you've written, and then you'd have columns relating to this one, 
you know, it relates to CMS development. This one's specifically about PHP or right. something like that, which would actually be useful for for kind of things that don't come along very often. But but um, you don't have anything like that. No, I no. Don't, no. So you're not practicing what you preach here. No, but it would be good. It'd be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're basically saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that. Um, when it comes to writing um, stuff about the kind of that you have um, boilerplate that you put into every proposal but be aware that there are occasions when that needs customising and updating so that it's suitable to individual clients yeah I mean it's almost like you could say in that boilerplate and I'm still talking about the aren't we great bit of the proposal yeah um, you've probably got say I don't know 30 different modules yeah pulled that figure out of the air most proposals need 15 right and you've got to pick the right 15 that's what I'm saying what, what do you mean by module sorry um, sorry yeah that was a bad um, it's a it's section chunk chunk um, of like about us or you'll always you'll always have a sort of our capabilities kind of summary but you might not always have a section on accessibility right it might, um, it might not be relevant to put a whole you know yeah. we we you know we've done this is the triple a work we've done this is double a work we've done and this is yeah you know, and they horrible. haven't asked about accessibility at all so you yeah. wouldn't want to include that exactly yeah that's that's what i mean and also i mean you're always going to include always that's not not true most of the time you're going to include um uh, examples of uh, pictorial examples of design yeah uh, that you must review it every time yeah because it's you know the one the, the most recent proposal you might have done was for uh, you know, a, a very staid public sector office or something like that, and then you're going on to do the band website that yeah. I keep coming back to. Bands, <laughs> you're band desperate website. to get a band <laughs> website, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, please. Um, so yeah, and um, that's that's. I, I think we've uh, spent enough time on the aren't, aren't we great bit. Uh, the next part of the proposal, which is the bespoke part, if you like, is where you basically state what this this is what we think you need. Right, so uh, the first bit is general capabilities, yeah. in our case how Headscape works, um, what our specialties are, that kind of stuff. Yeah, second, who we've worked with, right. have a look at some examples of that work. Yeah, And, and, and then the second bit is a response to the brief, exactly in, that. you know, the specifics. Yeah. Now, for me personally, what I like to do, and I think this is certainly the first part of this, is, is a, a good way to start, is to just kind of bullet point list the tasks of that particular job. So imagine, right, okay, we've won it, and now we get going on it. And obviously, this is going to change when you start talking to the client properly if you do win it. But at that point, I think I, I like to think of the project as like. So, what's the process? Point one yeah. would be you know specific, specifying what the project's going to be yeah. uh, in detail, which normally involves kickoff meeting, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then you go into you know usually sort of setting uh, some mock-up designs. Yeah. We'll go through the process of the whole. Right the way through to testing and then debrief meeting kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely, all the way, every single point. Now. And then the proposal in itself will then cover each of those points in detail. But what I normally do is just jump straight to pricing at that point mm. uh, because you can spend an awful lot of time writing up the detail of those particular sections. But if I go to pricing at that point because I know what each of those bits is going to be, I can then check um, you know, what, what, how much it's going to cost for us to do this particular piece of work. And and at that point, if if I know what the budget is, I can then start sort of sort of thing well, I don't quite get all that in so we can maybe pull that out or, or we've actually got some extra room so spend a bit more time on design wouldn't that yeah. be nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that ever happens um, so that's that, they're sort of two big chunks I mean there, there are the, 
and another item that I've put on here is um, to do with testimonials and references quite often um, a tender comes in they don't ask for it but I, I think it's worth putting in certainly some kind of testimonial that says you know as, as we've often said your clients telling people how good you are is worth you know ten to a hundred times more than you saying it yeah um, so there's probably a lot more on there um, yeah um, but uh, that's I mean, I got to write <laughs> let's, let's turn it turn it round for a minute and look at from a prospective client's point of view I mean we get a lot of briefs through from a, a lot of different companies yeah. requesting work I mean what, what what do you consider to be a good brief what do you think makes a you know a good starting point so you don't have to keep ringing up the client and asking them about various issues you know what are the what are the things that a brief should cover well for starters they need to know why they want to spend money on something <laughs> and they need to say why right um, and this is this is probably from doing a lot of public sector work that we get through an awful lot of very woolly briefs right woolly briefs woolly briefs nice <laughs> um, where that sounds very Wallace and Gromit it isn't does, it woolly briefs which we are Wallace yeah and Gromit, apparently sure. who's who and th- that person that said that we were like Wallace and Gromit never owned up as to who they were so there's someone listening to us. Uh, it's probably Lee. Probably, yeah, <laughs> probably one of our own team. Yeah, it sounds right. Anyway, yes, woolly briefs. <laughs> woolly briefs. Yes, um, a lot. A lot of people will. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to generalise horribly there. We get a lot of uh, a lot of six-page briefs come through when it should be two. Uh, and you you get sort of a paragraph of, of detail, right? And the rest of it is just to do with you know sort of organisational ethos, and, right? And who we're supposed to be sort of getting our message to, which obviously, but, is yeah, important. we need to know who the target audience of is, course, and you need to know what what the organisation exists for. Because the thing I hate about a lot of briefs is you get them through, you read the brief and go, I still have no clue what you do as an organisation. All right. Fair enough. Yes, you do. You, you do need to. But, or the ones I've been reading lately are a lot of. This is who we are and what we do. But what do you want us to do for you? Yeah. Um, and I'd, it's almost like I'd like a bullet point list of. This is sure you've got your introduction, and then you get to the. This is what we want from the team that we're going to employ and spend our money on. You know, our hard-earned money. We want you to do this. Yeah. Not not to to you know sort of specific code detail we don't you know we want you to use this technology or anything like that although some people do do ask for that but we want this outcome yeah we want you to do this and 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 through that we will get this result or i suppose i mean it's fair to say that some clients don't actually know what they want they know that the web's important and they know that they that it has some potential for them as an organization but they don't know how to leverage the best out of it i suppose what i'm i'm coming from a a client that wants a website. Yeah. Now, yeah, sure. There's there's consultancy where you go in and. But then, and even with their briefs, it should still clearly state what they want, which is they want someone to come in and advise them yeah, on yeah. what to do. That's true. You know. So yeah, yeah I mean, which it, does happen. There, are, uh, you know, we do get some really cracking briefs. Come yeah, through, we do. Where you know they'll, they'll get down to the, they'll cover each aspect. They'll cover the technical aspect. They'll 
cover the design aspect this is what you know th this is, these are our design guidelines we feel that we can be maybe a little you know we can push the boundaries a bit on this yeah we'd like to yeah um you know we particularly like this style of imagery because that's something that we we haven't actually covered in the proposals we write we mm. always do submit almost always submit a look and feel of what we think the site could look like if there is you know if there is a requirement for a design element yeah it's a very strong statement and and so then because you haven't yet discussed anything with the client it's important to, um, for us to you know know the basics to know what you know what their logo is to know what the color scheme is to know what their typefaces are but I also like I think it's useful as well to know who the competition is um, you know because that helps you kind of frame mm. where they need to be pitching their site um, also to know what sites they like so you can get an idea of you know oh this client likes this design style or this client likes very interactive sites or whatever so you know that kind of information is really important too absolutely so yeah I mean basically to summarise that a brief should state who you are what you do yeah uh, who you're aiming this particular piece of work at yeah target audience yeah and then get into the detail and don't yeah. be frightened to get into the detail say what you want I guess yeah yeah, and I, I suppose a lot, of, a lot of people maybe don't, and they stay woolly because they don't understand what you know. The, certainly, the technological aspects. What about um, the issue of price? You mean telling us what the budget is? Yeah. Well, yes, please. Um, <laughs> and it's not just because because I, you know, I, I try and imagine myself being a client. I'm a commercial client, and I'm I'm going out to tender on a piece of work I've got. Do I want to tell? All of these web, all these greedy web designers, um, <laughs> you know how much money I've got because all they'll do is just you know they'll bump their price up to my maximum. Um, now that happens, but there's a good reason for it. Unless you go in and say, you know, you've got a huge budget. I mean, I can't think of the last time that we we've come to a project where we thought, well, they've got too much money. Yeah, they don't need to spend all that. <laughs> it's, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come on to our rates. I mean, we're not cheap, but I don't think we're... We're not the most expensive, expensive either. by any means. No. So, you know, that isn't, that's not because I think we're hugely expensive in, in, um, in, the, in the realms of web design. Um, so, yeah, tell us, tell us what your budget is, um, because design is an excellent example. We invariably, particularly on the projects where we don't know what the budget is, go well. We can probably do you something for you know this amount of time, yeah. and that will be priced accordingly. Ideally, we'd probably like to spend three times that amount of time on your design, and if you do, you'll get a better design. Yeah, it's all about quality ultimately. Yeah. The longer you spend on something, you can you know you can factor in things like usability testing into the design process that you perhaps would drop you know if mm. there was less time. I mean, you uh, when we were talking about this earlier, you used. Um, um, a kitchen analogy because you're getting a kitchen fitted if I'm right well I'm, well, I'm thinking about <laughs> right. it it's a lot of money <laughs> yeah. ah, which is what a lot of clients think yeah. um, but you were saying on that that you do need to give some kind of indication to the person fitting your kitchen of how much you've got to spend because yeah, because otherwise you know this person has got to decide do they offer you real wood units or MDF cheapo units do they offer you real stone work surfaces or plastic work surfaces etc etc so kind of the pricing can expand or contract to fit the budget you know depending on what you actually offer for the money yeah um, and there's a, I mean there's an, another point to it as well I mean you don't want to waste each other's time no because if you 
I've done it many, many times. You put a lot of effort. Proposals take a long time to write. Yeah. Even if you have written hundreds of things in the past and you can go back and, and use different bits, they still take a long time to pull together because there's you know, quite a large chunk of them is, is bespoke. And you present this proposal and you know, I've even got to the point where people just haven't got back to me. <laughs> it's obvious we were, well we don't we didn't come in, in in the right right price range and it's just so frustrating yeah because even if you know I, I say to people that start projects you know I understand if you can't let me know but it would be really helpful if you could give us an idea uh, just just a ballpark yeah and then I mean often that that's thrown back to me and they say well you give me a ballpark and yeah that's, that's fine um, I think the other problem is is that a lot of clients don't actually have no frame of reference to be able to give you a ballpark. You know, they don't know what the website is going to cost. Like, you see some basic template websites for like 99 quid plus hosting, mm. you know, right the way to 100 grand. You know, you know, mm. to have an idea of a ballpark, you need a frame of reference. Mm. And I reckon that that's where it kind of, that's what it boils down to, is that there needs to be a dialogue between the client and the design agency that openly discuss um, pricing because too often whether it's just a British thing or not I don't know but too often we kind of we don't want to talk about money yeah it's I, tricky though especially if you're up against other people it's it's uh, yeah, um, we, yeah, we do talk about money with with potential clients of course you do you have to unless uh, but then you know probably 50% of briefs attenders that come and say this is this is your budget yeah this is yeah. all you're getting yeah, you know, can you do it within that? And, and we at that point, it's really easy to say, well, yeah, we can do what they want within that budget. Yeah, I mean, again, going to come to rates, and we normally squeeze a bit. Trying well, to, okay, know, let's good. let's go on to rates. Let's how do you rates. price a how do you price a project? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> well, we've had many discussions over the years. You know, when we're talking about productivity and that kind of thing, and we think, well invariably we underpriced we underpriced we underpriced that project over there and that one um, so we're not going to do it anymore we're going to price honestly you know honestly to ourselves we're going to say this is exactly how long it takes to do this piece of work and and you and you do that and you think that much <laughs> uh, it doesn't take that long surely um, so you do to be fair to us we have got a lot better and we do price more honestly more realistically that's the word a better word um, than we used to but you still as I said a tender comes through and says we've got X amount of this budget and we want this for it and you go right well if we price it realistically they'll it's come a bit above. over yeah uh, okay we'll do it for that yeah you can do it I mean that's just business and life <laughs> but we don't as Alan suggests take what the developer says and just double it no we don't do that and well it does depend on the developer <laughs> there some of our developers I think that might be worth doing <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, maybe that's not, yeah, I was going to say, I do do that. <laughs> With one of Don't our, name names, we we'll, we'll get in trouble. Yeah, like, actually, yeah. They're now all going to think, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> not that they actually listen to the podcast, we'll probably. See, they, yeah. they hear enough of us normally without listening to this junk as well. <laughs> okay, I think that probably about sums it up. So hopefully that's given people a bit of an idea of um, how to write a brief if you're a client, how to respond to a, a, a brief if you're a web designer um, agency, uh, we've talked about pricing we've talked about rates and stuff like that so I think probably to wrap up today's podcast um, I want to uh, give you a comment that has been sent in by a guy called Ben who is another regular contributor to bioworld.com and he raised a really good point hey Paul this is Ben from Greenwood Indiana USA my question is could you guys announce 
in the podcast what the next podcast will be about. That way, during that week, you guys can get questions and or MP3s from everybody who's listening sent in to you. Then you can answer those, and that'll help extend the content of the podcast so that it's not just on you and uh, Marcus to create everything in advance. You can work around what some of the listeners would like for you to talk about relating to the topic that is upcoming. And the reason that I say that is because a lot of times I will see what you're talking about, uh, what the podcast is going to be about when you post it on the site after it's already been recorded. And I think, oh boy, I w you know, I could have answered or I could have had so many questions that I would have liked to send in that maybe they could have addressed in the show instead of after the fact. So that's why I'd like to know what you guys think about that. Okay, that's a really good point, Ben, and I um, really appreciate it. <laughs> However, there's a little bit of a problem with it. In fact, if, the, if I'm honest, there's two problems with it. Paul and Marcus. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> there's four problems with it. The first one is that, um, well, I've forgotten what the first one is. We're not organised. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so badly organised. I didn't even remember that I wasn't. Yeah. I was badly organised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to expect us to do that is, is asking so much of us to actually plan ahead, you know, and to be, be up to date and, and to know what we're going to be doing next podcast. But we will now, from now on, won't we, Paul? Yes, <laughs> obviously. But unfortunately, there's another. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, there's another problem. Um, which means we have to let you into a little secret. Um, because we made the decision that Marcus is going to come down and sit with me doing these podcasts in preference to trying to do them via Skype, uh, and because he has to drive about an hour and a half to get here, um, we felt that it was probably um, prudent to actually do two podcasts in one go. So I might, um, I can tell you, for example, that in next week's podcast, we're going to cover the subject of how to choose a web design company. So how clients should choose a web design company and how you as a web designer, if you are a web designer, um, need to set yourselves up to cope with that. Um, but there's no point in you sending in questions directly related to that for next week's show because we're going to record it in about ooh, 10 minutes. Yes. Um, so, uh, yes, continue to send your questions in. That's great and we'll include them, but they will have to be retrospective. In, in the same way as this week, we've answered Jonas' uh, Jonas's question about blogging, which actually was from, from a previous week. It's actually really good, I mean, because it gives us, you know, I, I was sort of half joking when I said earlier on that we will start repeating ourselves, because you will. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Uh, but if, if, if people send in questions, then we can respond to those and that'll give us content for the show, which is, you know, and it's... Saves us actually thinking about content. Thinking? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, indeed. So there you go. Uh, great idea, Ben. Um, and we will try our best to give some notice about um, what's coming up. But because we do two at a time, that might not be always that easy. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. And as normal, uh, if you go to boagworld.com forward slash podcast, you'll find um, some notes on this podcast um, that may be useful to you or that I won't guarantee it this week because <laughs> it's been fairly rambling. Um, yeah, and if, if you've got any questions you want to ask, you can either send me an email or an MP3 file that we'll include on the show, and you can send those to paul at boagworld.com. If you are a band and you want a website, <laughs> then please email marcus.lillington at headscape.co.uk. But we don't want any amateur bands. You only yeah. want like big professional. Uh, yeah, with huge big names. budgets yeah. and lots of flash. Yeah, lots, lots of yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. That, that, Video. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Thanks very much for listening and talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.